From the moment that I wake up Until I lay my head I will see of the goodness of God Sing all my life And all my life you have been faithful All my life you have been so the goodness of God. I love your voice. You have led me through the fire. In darkest night, you are close like no other. I've known you as a father. I've known you as a friend.
God of the universe, and yet because of your love and your mercy and your grace and your son, we can speak to you that way. We can call you Father. Thank you for your fatherly love. Thank you for your fatherly presence. God, thank you for being the father that we all need. Just ask a blessing on all dads today, especially, Lord, that you would plunge our hearts more deeply into yours, that we may reflect you to our children, to our families, God. Your love is what we need. May your love be what we show. God, we thank you for your grace and mercy in your son. We worship him today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen and amen. You may be seated. Good morning and welcome again to worship here at CF Paris. Uh, I did not come up just to dramatically decrease the attractiveness of the stage. I have some announcements for you this morning. First of all, I have to say uh, there are a lot of things that I think about when I think about the goodness of God. Right now, when I think about the goodness of God, I think about the sweet smell of cinnamon roll icing floating up from my hands. Uh, because we have some wonderful treats for dads, but I didn't do as much business as I hoped uh, before the service. The table was in the back. Uh, we gave you guys instructions. Some of you did not listen. All right. So dad. <laughs> so so uh, the sweet rolls are going to be back there. They're amazing. They're delicious. They're a special treat that we wanted to share with fathers on Father's Day. However, we also have rules here. And the rules say that if you don't get them before the service, the table's open to everyone after the service. The table is open to all, okay? So uh, I have a whole lot of really good sweet rolls back there. I want you guys to come eat them after service. Please, please, and just be blessed. If you are a guest here today, get extra sweet rolls. And we are glad that you are here. You can sign uh, one of our Welcome Here cards on the back of the row in front of you just to let us know, touch base with us, let us know you're here. We have a gift that we'd love to give you just to thank you for being here today. Uh, those of you who have been here longer, uh, thanks for being here again. Uh, those of you who are signed in and plugging in to serve, thanks so much for that. That's been really encouraging for us, and we just thank you so much for being part of what the Lord is doing through our community and in our church. We're going to have the ushers come forward at this time. And uh, as they go back through the aisles and uh, receive our tithes and offerings, which we do as part of our worship today. If you're visiting, please don't feel obligated. Uh, but we do this as part of our worship and continuing what God is doing here. So they're going to go back as we start the announcement video for today's announcements. Thanks and happy Father's Day. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another Sunday here at CF Paris. We're so excited you're here. we got a few announcements for you. First up, happy Father's Day. If you're a father and you're here... Happy Father's Day. If you didn't come early enough to get a roll, better luck next time. Our second announcement is VPX. It's one week from now. You don't want to miss it, so sign up now. 
And our final announcement is keep Pastor Brandon and all of our adult youth leaders in your prayers. They're away at middle school wildlife camp with Young Life. I'm sure they're having an incredible time. Just pray for their safety and that God would show up and it would be an incredible experience for all of our middle schoolers. I think that's it. I think that's it, guys. Bye. We'll see you later. Yes? Yes. Yeah, all right. Oh, man. Wow. We've got some great people here. It's almost like Mother's Day, but... Um. <laughs> okay, so, so right off the bat, guys, this is just like eerily quiet. I know that my two youngest kids are gone. Um, which, it, it's a blessing, but I, that they're at youth camp. <laughs> yeah. But I, yeah, it like, it's just, it's extra quiet in here this morning. There you go, all right. Oh, yes. Um, Okay, so we, we wrapped up our, uh, our, our Relevant series last week, and, and guys, I am, I'm really excited about, about this new series. I, I've got to lay down just like a simple caveat up front, just kind of laying some groundwork, because at some given point in, 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 like at some point in time in this whole series, somebody's going to say something. Today, today's Father's Day, um, and so especially today, I am gearing this message like you're going to hear me use the word hey men. When I say hey men, I literally mean hey men, but I also mean hey you guys. <laughs> so nobody can get offended because this wasn't for you because this right here, this series, man, like there's not a one of us. There's not a one of us that currently aren't dealing with what I am realizing is an example of somebody I am more like than what I originally thought as a kid. Samson was amazing. As a kid, I mean, this is, this is the guy you dreamed of. This is a hero. He was, he was strong with, with just strength that, that just blew, blew Sunday school class out of the water. I mean, it was crazy to hear about these stories of old. And so in my mind, there's like David and then, and then there's, there's like Samson. Like those are the two you want to be. You either want to be the little guy beating the big guy or you just want to go ahead and be the big guy who just towers over everybody. Samson. We're going to be, uh, you, you can read about Samson in Judges chapters 13 through 16 in, in the Bible, in, in the Old Testament. And today though, what I'm going to do is basically just kind of give you an overview of chapter 13. It, it lays the groundwork of, uh, just kind of sets the series up, as well as sets up just kind of who Samson is. Um, but then what I really want to do is dive into some lessons in strength and weakness. Uh, talking about Samson, Samson's accomplishments are, are, are legendary. But at the same time, so are his weaknesses. He had so much God-given potential, and yet over and over and over again, he seems to make these self-destructing choices, bad decisions. 
He's a lot like you and I. He's a lot like you and I. And not in the way that you're hoping it is. Because in my mind, growing up as a kid, if I was like the way I thought I was like Samson, well, I'd be preaching this message without a shirt on. But alas, <laughs> the three, 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 the three sweet rolls I had this morning, they got my blood sugar rocking right now. I'm like, yeah, let's go. Um, <laughs> you and I have been given so much potential, so much Potential for righteousness, so much God-given potential to change the kingdom right here on earth. And yet, over and over again, we tend to fall into traps of bad decisions. You can summarize Samson's life, uh, I think, with this simple line. Samson was an incredibly strong man with a dangerously weak will. Very strong and yet dangerously weak. Like many of us, tremendous spiritual potential and yet at the same time a, a dangerously weak will. Um, catching you up on who Samson is, the Israelites had fallen into, uh, into bondage underneath the Philistines. They had, they had gone through a period where they uh, had turned away from God, and in, in as much, and in such, what had happened is, is the Philistines had come, and, come in and, and taken control of the Israelites, made them slaves. And so during this period, God said, I am going to raise up a man, I'm going to raise up Samson that will help to begin deliver the Israelites from their bondage. It was during this time, God sent an angel of the Lord to Samson's parents, and, and this angel said to them, um, you are going to give birth to a son. Now, this particular couple uh, had uh, been unable to conceive. So unable to conceive, an angel comes before them and says, you're going to be giving birth to a son, but you're to dedicate this son to God. And to show that you're to dedicate this son to God, you, or he is supposed to, to walk in what's called the Nazarite vows. The Nazarite vows. Now, God told his parents, my strength, my spirit is going to be upon this child. This child then needs to live in such a manner that he lets everybody else know that he is set apart unto God, the Nazarite vows. You can read about the Nazarite vows in uh, number six, I think, yep, number six. Thank you very much for somebody right down here who knew. Um, basically, the Nazarite vows were a way that an ordinary person, somebody who wasn't in the tribe of Levi, a non-priest, an ordinary person could make vows setting themselves apart for the use of, for the glory of God. So they would say, I'm living by these vows, devoting myself to serve God wholly. There were three main vows that Samson had to live by. The first was don't touch alcohol. Now, not don't get drunk, don't touch alcohol. All right. 
No touchy nada. No drinky drunky. All right. The second, the second, don't touch anything dead. Uh, hmm. Really? You had to put that one in there? All right. All right. Don't, don't touch alcohol. Don't touch anything dead. The third, don't cut your hair. <laughs> now, why? Why really don't cut your hair? So in in the same way that a <laughs> in the same way that a, a wedding ring is a symbol of a commitment to somebody else, or in the same way that even a a, a uh, it's an it's an outward sign of an of an inward commitment. It was a way that he could, on the outside, walk around and people within the Israelites would know, wait a second, this man has set himself apart unto God. It's like like baptism is. Baptism is a beautiful outward sign. We we, we get to celebrate baptisms every now and then. There's a a new salvation within the church or something. And and so just a couple weeks ago, right outside, right out here in the back, we have baptisms. There's no magic power in the water. Water baptism, it's beautiful. The the symbolism that's behind it of laying down what was and rising up of what's new, there's beautiful symbolism in it, but that's it. There's no salvation tied to water baptism. If you're here this morning and and I, I, I said that and that's like all new to you, I'm sorry. I don't mean to like just kick you with that one, but but it's like water baptism is beautiful. It's a beautiful symbol of an inward change. Water baptism doesn't change me. So the same, Samson wore his hair long. It was an outward sign to everybody around him, look, I am setting myself apart. I'm dedicating myself to God. So from the very beginning of Samson's life, the the Spirit of the Lord showed up on him in supernatural ways with, with strength that's quite honestly beyond just about anything that we can even begin to comprehend. One particular time, uh, Scripture talks about, and we're going to kind of talk about it a little bit this morning, but it says that him, his mom, and his dad were, were traveling, and all of a sudden, a lion like just leapt out of the gardens and started trying to chase him down. And without even letting his mom and dad know what was going on, like, hey, I hear that quiet lion running. Y'all keep going. I'm going to turn around. And it, scripture says he just ripped it apart like a baby goat. As you do, a big lion. <laughs> like, I even know what ripping apart a baby goat is. That just sounds, I was read that, and I was like, oh, wow, all right. I mean, but... But then as well, there was another particular time when, when a thousand Philistines, like an army, not just random guys, but, but an army of Philistines came literally with just the intent to kill Samson, and, and he killed them all. Power of God came on him when, when these people were trying to attack him and destroy what God was doing in him. He, he literally killed them all. I mean, his strength was just, it, it's unfounded. And yet, with all this God-given potential, his weak will continuously got him in trouble. He, he betrays God for a handful of honey. His, his temper got the best of him so much so that he killed 30 other men just because he lost a bet. 
again and again and again, we'll, we'll, we'll see that he falls victim to pursuing the wrong kind of woman. And, and, and in such, what ends up happening is, is he gets in trouble, gets in trouble, gets in trouble. He's a lot like us. So much potential for greatness. And yet, again and again and again, squandering that potential with, I mean, call it what it is, it's stupid living. <laughs> I see it all the time. There will be people that come in and sit down and, and talk with me, and, and there's, there's some that, that, that uh, I mean, can command the workplace. They're a leader in the workplace, and yet when it comes to the home life, uh, they can't even lead their families. Or others, others who, I, I, you'll, you'll, you'll study everything to death. What's, what's the best TV for, for my purpose? Or, or what's the best new rod and reel? And, and we'll, we'll study and study and study and yet won't even spend five minutes in God's word, which is the one thing that builds you up. I see it over and over again. So much potential and yet at the same time self-destructing with bad decision after bad decision. Why? Why do so many people, why do so many potentially great people fall apart again and again? Today, again, we're going to be, uh, I, I want to talk to you specifically in, with, with Samson about attitudes that, uh, that make strong men weak. And, and within Samson's life, what we're going to see today is we're going to see three specific attitudes. And, and those, those three attitudes are lust, uh, Entitlement, and then the third is pride. Lust, entitlement, and pride. Now, the first one that I, I want to deal with here is lust. And, and work with me here. Hold on. What is lust? Because I think we immediately get an idea, and, and I want you to work with me because this affects every single one of us. What is lust? Lust is when a man sees something he desires and says, I want it, I've got to have it. Now, immediately, we automatically always associate this with the sexual aspect of it. But, but the truth is, lust is something that each and every one of us deals with, and it's not just in that category. It's, it's not just sexual. There's so many different areas that in our minds we think, I want it. I got to have it. Someone who wants something, who, who then slips into a pattern of lust... They forget all logic. Like logic goes out the window. It could be that, 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 that oh, well, it's, it's the, the sexual attraction. We want the person. Or it could be the hit. It could be the quick fix. It, it could be the thrill. It, it, it could be the, the advancement within the career. It could be just the opportunity for money. It, it, there's so many things that it can be. It could be uh, the new boat, the new car, the new house, the new, the new that I got to have it. But whatever it is, when they want it, they forget every bit of logic and they pursue what they want with reckless abandon. We see this in Samson in uh, Judges chapter 14, verses 1 through 2. It says this, Samson went down to Timnah and saw a young Philistine woman there. When he returned, he, like as you should, said to his father and mother, I have seen a Philistine woman in Timnah, now go get her for me as a wife. 
You mean what? <laughs> no. Like, first off, just the audacity. Yeah. And, and look, come on, let, let's be real. Don't you wish it was that easy? Yeah, mom, dad, I saw her today. She was at the grocery. Go get her for me, please. She was working down at the Olive Branch in Oakland, Kansas. Go get her for me, mom. I have seen her. I want her. Get her for me. But, but notice, notice within all this, so, so, so Samson has left his own hometown, traveled into enemy territory, roughly about, about four miles into enemy territory. Le leaves behind his, his friends, walks into enemy territory, finds a woman that, by the way, was forbidden to him because God had already told the people as a whole, not even him set apart as unto God, Nazarite vow, just I've told the Israelites, you're not going to intermarry with anybody who doesn't worship me. That was a law that was given to the Israelites, and yet here it is, Samson's walking right into enemy territory, leaving behind, and, and saying, yep, that's the one, get her for me. I saw it, I want it. So God had said, no, those, the, those, they, don't, they don't worship with me, so, so let's, let's stay away from here. And, and what did Samson say? The very moment he sees her, what he did is he, he forgot everything. Not only just his own Nazarite vows, but as well the law that God had already commanded of his people and said, I want it. I want it. I want it. I don't care what God says. I don't care what's right. I don't care what's wrong. I don't care whether I should or whether I shouldn't. This is what I want, and I'm going to get it. Over and over again, it's lust that makes strong men weak. The second, the second attitude that we see a lot of, or that we especially see here too, is, is a, uh, a spirit of entitlement. I work hard. I deserve it. I've been slaving away. I've been putting in the effort. I have done all this. It's the least. Watch as uh, Samson shows us this. So in, in getting ready for the wedding, the wedding, we're now moving just a little bit further. They're starting to prepare for the wedding. His parents have gone down and gotten her. And so they're preparing a wedding in her hometown. This is where Samson's walking along with mom and dad, walking through the gardens in enemy territory. All of a sudden, I don't know if he's behind them, a lion attacks. And scripture says without mom and dad even knowing, he turns, tears the lion apart like a little lamb. <laughs> Just totally ruins that song. All right, I'm not going to do that to you. But then just continues on. Catches up with mom and dad, never even tells them. I, I, I want to jump ahead to verse 8. It says this in verse 8. Oh, i got to see where I'm at here. Let's see. 
Then sometime later, as he's preparing to marry the Philistine woman, he turned aside to look at the lion's carcass. The lion that he had ripped apart, and in it was a swarm of bees and some honey, which he scooped out with his hands and ate as he went along. Now, reminder, what was he not supposed to touch? Dead things. Not supposed to touch the dead things. Anything that was unclean. And so, so in essence, what he did is, is, is he betrayed a vow to the very God who blessed him with the power to rip the lion apart in the first place. And for what? For a handful of honey. For a hand, who betrays God for a handful of honey? Who's stupid enough to betray God for a handful of honey? Guess who? Man. Every single day, every single day, we betray God who blesses us. We betray a God who blesses us, and we do it for, for stupid, sinful things. Stupid, sinful things that are only going to either hurt us or the ones we love. And yet, I deserve it. Lust says I want it, entitlement says I deserve it. The third attitude that makes strong men weak, pride. Come on, what do we tend to think? I mean, I, I know you guys can't, but me, I can't. I can handle it. I can handle it. I mean, other people, they're, they're not good at handling it. Have you seen how many other have failed? But me, but me, I got it. We're good. I got it. We're all right. I can handle it. I'm strong enough. So again, what were the three vows? The three vows were don't cut your hair, don't touch uh, anything dead, and, and then don't get drunk. And so watch this with me in verse number 10. Verse number 10 says this. Now his father went down to see the woman. Again, they're planning the wedding. And Samson held a feast as was customary for young men. Other, other uh, transcriptions will say uh, as was customary for bridegroom. He's throwing a bridegroom party. Groom's party. And Hebrew, what we translate as feast, uh, very literally is an occasion to drink. So Samson, he's about to get married. And in his mind, even though he knows you, you, can't, you can't touch alcohol, he said, I'm strong enough. Tap the keg. Throw the party. We're going for it. I got it. We got, I got it. I'm good. In, I'm like, I can handle my own. Don't, don't look at me that way. I can handle it. What happens over and over and over again? God gives us incredible potential to do mighty acts that could bring glory to his name. And yet we think, I'm strong, so... So I want it, I deserve it, I can handle it. 
and, and I, I, don't, I don't know what it is for you. It, it could be a number of things. But the truth is, every single one of us, we, we, we know somebody with, with phenomenal potential who thinks, who thinks they have to take a drink, they have to take a pill, they, they have to take a smoke. Whatever it is, they think they have to do whatever it is. And in their mind, they deserve it, they need it, they want it. It's, it's, it's what they have to have. Don't talk to me that way. I can handle it. And before long, a substance is handling them. Or you know somebody who, who over and over and over again with the newest whatever it is, the, the, the nicest whatever it is, and, and all the while they're saying, I can handle it, I can handle it. And, and, and inside, behind closed doors, they're struggling, struggling financially in a, just a sea of debt. It's killing them. And yet on the outside, I can handle it. I'm strong enough. I want it. I deserve it. If you, uh, you fast forward to the end of Samson's life, what we end up seeing is, is perhaps the, the, the strongest man who ever lived. The strongest man who ever lived who from birth, uh, God's hand was upon him. From birth, God's hand was upon him. God's spirit literally strengthening him. And we're going to see this same man with his eyes uh, gouged out. Just empty sockets where his eyes used to be. We're going to see this same man thrown in, in front of a crowd of 3,000 people at a Colosseum. Thrown in front of 3,000 of his enemies. He's, he's the entertainment. They laugh at him. They mock him. They scorn him. That. That's what lust, entitlement, and pride can do to somebody. To someone who, to somebody who should have made a difference in this world. It takes them down. And listen here, I'm telling you right now, it's going to take you down if you sit there for a second and think I'm talking about anybody other than you. Am I saying that uh, if, if you're involved in lust, entitlement, or pride, that you're going to end up with your eyes gouged out? No, 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 no. Sadly, it, it could be much worse. I, I mean, sadly, it could be much worse. You, you could be into your 40s, 50s, 60s, looking back, wondering where it all went wrong, where you lost everybody, everything. It could be that the very things that you tried to hide in private are now so public that you don't want to walk out in public anymore. So ashamed of the very acts, the deeds that, that you made decisions on. Because that's where sin leads. But here's the thing, guys. It doesn't have to go that way. And it doesn't even have to, like, if you're already even, even if you're in a situation where you feel like you're already down that path, it doesn't have to continue that way. But guys, I, I, I can't begin to tell you the amount of spiritual potential in each and every one of you. There's greatness within you. 
With God's power, there's not a single individual here, no matter what it is that you've been into, no, no matter what it is that you've done, you can be transformed, you can be new, you can be different, you can make a difference in this world. You, fathers, you can be a man of courage. You could be a man with spiritual strength. You could be a man who defends the defenseless. You could be a godly husband. You could be a godly father. No matter what's happened in the past, you can be that, but, but what it takes, you're going to have to have to stop trying to be strong in your own strength. Because here's the thing, our, our, our spiritual enemy, our spiritual enemy loves to make strong men weak. That's what he does. He makes strong men weak. But God loves to make weak men strong. You see, God takes a weak man and says, I'm going to build you up. Somehow I'm kind of afraid that that was just a bunch of ladies in here clapping. <laughs> oh, I'm going to get at you. Come on. Look, we serve a God who, when a man will be real enough to say I'm vulnerable, when a man will be strong enough to say I'm weak, when a man will be strong enough to stand before somebody else and say, I can't do it, I don't have it within me. I need the presence of God. I need help from my brothers, from my sisters. But God specializes in making weak men strong. But Satan, our enemy, wants to take you out. He wants to shame you, cause you to waste your God-given potential on stupid stuff. But God, guys, God, God's desire is to redeem you, to lift you up, to be the lifter of your head, to use you for his glory. The attitudes that make strong men weak. I want it, I deserve it, I can handle it. But, but this, this is lessons in strength and weakness. Not just lessons in weakness. So let me show you real quick three attitudes that make weak men strong. First, in, instead of I want it, whatever it is for you, you know what it is. But whatever it is, instead of I want it, instead you learn to say I need God. I, I want him. I, I, I need his daily power. I, I need his word to, to come alive inside of me. I need his strength. I need him ordering my steps. I need his spirit convicting me when I'm sinning and, and, and correcting me, leading me in righteousness. I, I want his voice directing me. I need God. Hands down, unquestionably, I need his strength. I need God. And then second, instead of I deserve it, we learn that an attitude that makes weak men strong is I deserve death. And, and this one, this was hard. <laughs> because even in, all, even in my own mind, I'm like, yeah, but I'm better than that person. So, I mean, I, like, I deserve something good, right? I mean, right? I wasn't pointing. I wasn't pointing down here, is it? 
But that's what we do. We, we don't want to say this one because in our minds, we're at least deserving of something because we're at least better than that. Nuh-uh. I talked about it in, our, in the series before last. The, the mark is, there's the mark, and sin is simply missing the mark. When you sin, you remove yourself from the mark. And so if the wages of sin is death, and it was my choice to sin, removing myself from the presence of God, what am I going to put on him? That's not his fault. It's on me. I chose where I'm at. So what I deserve, what I deserve is death. It's what we deserve for our sinfulness against a, a holy God. A God who sin cannot exist within the presence of God. And, and so by very definition, by when, when I take sin on, I remove myself from his presence. God doesn't know us anything. We're not entitled to anything. When we realize that we're dead in our sin, but God, but God graciously in his goodness, while we were still sinners, sent Christ solely for the purpose of restoring us to him, to forgive our sin. That was literally the only reason. When you recognize that, when you realize that, suddenly you're not as deserving as you think you are. All of a sudden, you need to be humble before God and say, man, I need God. I, I deserve death, but I choose to serve you. As the band comes up, as I begin to close, um, the last thing, the last thing that, that I, I want to show you, when every other strong man says, I can handle it, we need to learn to say, I can't handle anything without God. Uh, the truth is, flat out, there's, there's no, no situation, there's nothing that I could handle without him. In fact, the, <laughs> the, more, the more that I seek him and, and truly just seek his face, seek his righteousness, the more I realize that on my own, there's probably nothing I'm incapable of. I heard, a, uh, I heard a pastor one time, he got up, and I, I was, I was a, a kid, and I'm, I'm sitting in the audience, and this guy starts this youth conference. He starts going off just about, like, all the stuff that God had saved him from. And I mean going off. I mean, like, went on, listed everything. And I'm going, what? <laughs> like, like, this message is about to get good. Like, this guy has been through it all. Like, I mean, didn't hold back. There's kids in front of him, and he's listing, 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 listing. And I'm like, get the book. I haven't even heard that one. Write that down. And then kind of got towards the end of it, and here I am thinking, wow, this, this right here, this is about, like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hear the testimony of testimonies. He says, now, I thank God that I never once was involved, partook, or had to go through any one of those situations. He says, but I recognize to this day that God saved me from them all. Look, I, I, don't, I don't begin to pretend to know where you're here, where you came from, 
your background, your history, what, what you already already have been messed up in may still be messed up in, but, but I can tell you I know a God. I know a God who looked at you and your choice to remove yourself from him and said, man, they don't know it. They don't recognize it. They don't understand what it is that they're doing. They're going to need me. I'm going to send my one and only son. I can't handle anything with God without God. And you, you're the same whether you've admitted it or not. You may think you're strong. Some of you here today, you can even show off your accolades on, on the outward. Whether it's, whether it's the muscles here or whether it's the, the shiniest, newest, whatever there. Some of you can show it all off. We, we want to be strong. We do. That, in our minds, we, we want to be strong. We want to be the hero. But the men, the men that change the world are the ones that can admit to their need. I'm weak in this area. I'm weak here. But guys, some of you, some of you, you're locked up in, 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 a, in a very lonely prison. And today, today, you need to be weak enough to ask for help. You need to be weak enough to confess your sins. You need to be weak enough to stand before somebody else and say, I need your help. I need your prayer. I need I need you to hold me accountable in this. But sadly, sadly many, many aren't strong enough to do just that. In fact, all we heard on those last lines was the weak part. Satan will take you out. He loves to make strong men weak. He loves to make strong men weak. But I thank God that he loves to make weak men strong. It's his spirit. It's his power. There's spiritual greatness inside each and every one of you. God can stir within you. God can, can strengthen you. It doesn't, it doesn't matter what happened in the past. It doesn't matter what came before. But from this moment forward, from this day forward, from this second looking forward, you can be a man of courage. You can be a man of integrity. You can be a man who in our community looks toward. They see the awesome work it is that God is doing. They see what God is doing and immediately recognize his gift in you. You can be somebody who defends the defenseless. Or maybe, maybe one day, as scripture describes David, you can be a man after God's own heart. Looking back at heroes of the faith, I, I, I look back in, in Samson, you're, we're, we're going to read some of the stuff he did, and I, I mean, there were years of plenty, 20 years of just God's grace upon things that he had done. He turned into a king, was leading his people, and yet, and yet these same three, these same three would continue to trip him up. 
It doesn't matter how strong you are, how good you are, how set apart you think you are. Lust, entitlement, and pride every time will come to tear you apart. You'll never be the strong man as long as you're strong in your own strength. But again, thank God, he loves to make weak men strong. And in our weakness, his strength is made perfect. His strength is made perfect. If you will, let's go ahead and stand up. I'm going to close. I'm, uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm really excited. I, I want to share with you guys just one of the uh, many different things that are constantly going on and happening all over the place. But, man, I, I truly stand up here today blessed um, because of the, uh, the prayers of, of a few. Every Sunday morning, every Sunday morning, we've got a, a prayer team that meets right over here in, in this, this side room. With the intent solely of praying for what's just about to happen, what God's about to do. I, I had a, a great conversation with one of the guys that helps me kind of oversee that and helps kind of direct it and gets it going. And uh, guys, I'm, I'm so excited about the potential that God has right here in this place. Because I, I can't begin to even like understate this is not going to be an overstatement, guys. I know that I know that I know there's so much potential for greatness right in this room. Come on, I'm being serious. Men, men, don't let your ladies out clap you. Come on. <laughs> I'm being serious, men. I'm for you, for you today. This is Father's Day and this message is for all of us. But men, right now, hear me. There's potential for greatness inside of you. Are you going to fall into the same mistake that you've fallen into again and again and again? Are you going to fall into the same temptation, the same temptation that keeps trying to destroy the potential that God has for you? Or can you take the time to recognize and say simply, I can't handle anything without God. All I'm deserving of is death. And so, God, it's you and you alone that I need. To bow your heads with me, Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for your word, for your truth. The same yesterday, today, and forever. The rock, Lord God, upon which we can stand, even when it feels like the waves around us are, are destroying who we are and what we live. Lord God, I pray right now that by your power, by your spirit, by your glory, Lord God, that, that we would continue to stand up every day and take another step, keeping our eyes focused on you. Father, I pray that we wouldn't sit there and start thinking that somehow we had some sort of involvement and, and that we needed it, we wanted it, we desired it, we deserved it, whatever, Lord God, but rather we would see our need wrapped solely up in you. I pray, Father, that your presence, that your spirit would speak to every single individual here. To all of our men here, Lord God, that you would speak to them even now, that you would stir them, Lord God, to a desperate point of need. Lord God, where we can stand confidently in our weakness because we look to you as our strength. Father, I thank you. And Lord God, I know this morning that there's no temptation. There's nothing that we cannot overcome. 
There's no problem too big for you that, that, that you can't handle, God. And so, Lord, right now, I, I, I pray, I, I pray, Lord Jesus, that, that across this room, those that would recognize whatever it is, whatever that thing is that, that keeps causing them to fall back, Lord Jesus, that they'd be able to stand, Lord God, today and say, Father, I'm, I'm weak and I need you. Lord, for those with relational challenges, that you would be their strength, that you would be their wisdom. For those that feel like a failure, Lord God, they feel like everything's gone, they've lost it all, I, I pray that your spirit would be their strength. Father, that in our weakness, your strength would be made perfect. Lord God, thank you. And I pray today that you would cause us to rise up. To rise up, Lord God, and to live out our full potential for your glory. To live out our full potential, Lord God, for who you are, Lord Jesus. Recognizing that what we are is deserving, Lord God, of nothing but death. But because of your son, because of your grace, because of your goodness, Lord God. We can handle anything with you. We need you, Lord Jesus. We need you so much and we thank you for what you're doing. Father, I pray a special blessing upon fathers today. That they would stand up, rise up, Lord God, that you would create in them a fervor, a hunger, a, a desire to be the man of God, to be the father that you have called them to be. The father that you see in them even when they don't see it in themselves. Lord God, thank you for the blessing that you have to pour out on their lives. Father, I pray that they would seek you first and that everything else, Lord God, would be added. But it's you and you first. I thank you and it's in your name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Guys, God bless you all. Y'all have a wonderful Sunday afternoon. Happy Father's Day. Grab a sweet roll on the way out, please. God bless you guys.